Over the years, I've spent making YouTube videos, which is more than 10 now, if you're keeping track. <laughs> I've met so many friends and acquaintances that tell me, I think it would be so fun to start a YouTube channel. I just don't think I could do it. Can you relate? Have you ever found yourself saying that? Honestly, you have no idea just how discouraging I find that response. It actually makes me so sad when I hear that someone is interested in starting a channel, but just feels like they are not personally cut out for it. Because here's the thing, I want you to start a YouTube channel. Heck, I want everyone who's ever thought to themselves that they might like to start a channel to start one. I honestly believe that everyone has something that they can gain from it. It might not in the long term be a large audience or fame or fortune, but it could certainly be improving their skills, finding a like-minded community, or just gaining confidence. There are so many benefits to starting a YouTube channel, whether or not you ever become a full-time YouTuber or an influencer. And so I think it's such a wonderful opportunity that anyone can take advantage of to take some benefit from. So why do so many people who have an interest in this platform have hesitations about starting it? A while back, I asked my Instagram audience over a poll on stories if they had ever thought about starting a YouTube channel, and over 80% of y'all said that you had thought about it. Then I asked everybody in a follow-up question box why they hadn't started yet, and the responses were pretty interesting. So in today's episode, I want to tackle the top five fears that potential creators have when they are considering starting a YouTube channel. And I'm going to tell you exactly how you can move past them and start creating those videos that you've thought about making for so long. So whether or not you have ever dreamed of starting a YouTube channel, or maybe just thought of it once or twice, then you're going to want to keep on listening so that hopefully by the end of today's episode of the Creator Club podcast, I can help you get confident on camera and move towards following your social media dreams. So keep on listening. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or 1 million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. dive in to today's episode, I have to say a massive thank you to the reviewer of the week. This week's review comes from Angelina.all.over on Instagram. And Angelina writes, I started listening to an episode of this podcast because Google told me to while I was looking for Instagram tips. And I am so glad it did. All of Katie's episodes are crazy useful, and she's actually giving useful content that a lot of others charge for. Plus, she is such a nice person. I have reached out to her on Instagram, and she has chatted with me a few times. I keep coming back to the podcast because it really helps. 
Thank you so much, Angelina. I really appreciate your kind words and chatting with you over on Instagram. I always love to hear from podcast listeners. If you want to reach out over on my Instagram, it's at Katie Steckley, or of course, over on the Creatorly Instagram at Creatorly Media. And if you would like to get a little shout out on the show and have your review read, then all you have to do is go and find the Creator Club podcast on Apple Podcasts. So You've probably already found it if you're listening to it on your Apple Podcast app. Head over to the main show page, scroll down until you see the write a review button, tap there and let us know what you think of the show. Every week I read a review um, as a thank you because reviews really do make a big difference in the growth of the show. The more reviews and ratings we get, and of course the more downloads, the more we're able to spend more time researching and preparing high quality content that I can share with you every week. And of course it, it helps the show to become more a part of of our business. So thank you so much for your review, Angelina. And if you haven't left a review yet, then what are you waiting for? Go head on over and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I often get asked if you are not an Apple user, how you can support the show. And the best thing you can do is share about it on Instagram. Tell your friends, tell all your creator friends about the show. And if you're listening, Grab a screenshot of whatever player you're listening it in and then go and post it on your Instagram story and tag us at Creatorly Media because we'd love to hear from you. So let's get into it. The very first fear or objection that I come across a lot when it comes to folks who are interested in starting a YouTube channel but feel like they couldn't actually really do it is this. Number one, I don't have anything to say. So you have the desire to start a YouTube channel, but you have no idea what you would talk about. In my personal experience on YouTube, I have had the opposite problem. I'll just be real with you. I know that might sound like some weird form of bragging, but trust me, if you're starting YouTube with this as your number one problem, then you are in a far better position than I have ever been on my YouTube journey. So let me tell you why. Here's a story time. I started YouTube as an awkward 12-year-old who watched the Vlogbrothers and many other nerdy creators long lost to the ages. I started making videos because I wanted to be a part of the community that I had found so much value and connection in. And I wanted to talk about everything. When I started making videos, having a niche on YouTube was not even a concept in anyone's mind yet, so it didn't really matter. But as the years went by and growing an audience became something I was interested in and I knew a niche would help in that area, I could just never settle on one. I bounded around from books to history to vlogs to beauty to makeup and back to books. I have had so many passions and interests and since my YouTube channel is so tied up in myself and my personality, my own self-image, I could never just settle on one topic. Finally, when I decided that if I wanted to make this whole YouTube thing work, I'd have to force myself to pick a niche that I could focus on for a long time. This was also after seeing a YouTube friend of mine's audience grow exponentially after she pivoted from a variety channel to strictly talking about her career, which is design. This is still an ongoing process for me, I'll be honest. I'm definitely still on a journey of finding my niche, quote unquote, and figuring out what my direction is for my channel. But recently I found a lot of success by building a specific audience around certain needs, values, questions that they have, and then providing 
value in that area. And that was able to give me purpose and direction that I didn't have before. So obviously, if you found me on YouTube, then most likely you found me for my Instagram videos. So you'll know that once I pivoted to speaking specifically about social media advice and really more specifically Instagram, that helped to provide growth and direction for my channel. And that's really when I saw the most growth that I ever have when I was focused specifically on Instagram. Now, I know that it's tough to just stick to one thing, especially when you're multi-passionate. And if you go to my channel now, you'll see that I have once again pivoted towards a more vlog lifestyle kind of channel because that's what's creatively fulfilling me right now. But the point is, if you want to see growth, you kind of need to have one specific thing that you're talking about, especially when you get started. So with that being said, let's bring it back to you. I've given you my story time. Let's talk about your situation. So you don't feel like you have anything to say. Well, trust me, this is a much easier starting point than having too much to say, evidenced by my own history. It will certainly help at least with having a cohesive brand. Because here's the thing, I know that you have something to say. You've lived a life, experienced this world in a particular way. You have skills, ideas, and opinions that can in some way be valuable to someone else. On YouTube, there are really three pillars of content, entertainment, education, and encouragement. First, decide in which of these ways you want to serve people. I really do believe that success on YouTube does come down to serving people or in other words, providing value to people. And these are the three main ways to do that. Entertainment, education, and encouragement. If you want to teach something, so if you're choosing education, think about what you know. Maybe you're a stellar home cook and can share your favorite slow cooker recipes. Maybe you're a macrame artist whose friends are always asking for lessons. Or maybe you're a great writer and can provide tutorials for aspiring writers or students. I know you might think that you don't know anything worth teaching. We all tend to feel that way sometimes, but you've made it this far in life, so you certainly do have something worth teaching. If you want to entertain, think about how you want to entertain. Having a specific audience in mind, i.e. 20-something women who are struggling to get established in their careers, or maybe young moms with rowdy sons, or maybe university students. The list goes on. There's so many different specific target audiences you can choose from, but once you know exactly who you're speaking to, the connection with your viewer will be made that much faster. The viewer feels it when you are talking specifically to her. She knows you've singled her out and she feels seen. So speak directly to her with your content. And just on a personal note, this is kind of the direction that I am now trying to take with my channel. So previously, I was teaching something. I was teaching about social media marketing from my many years of experience doing it for other people and for myself. Now I'm trying to shift to a world of entertainment, which includes lifestyle and vlog content. And so I'm building out a very specific audience that I can speak to and relate to. And that, I think, is really the key to success when you're doing entertainment on YouTube. Now, as a third option, if you want to encourage, again, think about who you are encouraging. A really great example of this on YouTube is Cody Warner, a creator who started the hashtag no small creator movement that you may have heard of. He's all about encouraging the doer. So ask yourself, who can you inspire, motivate, or encourage, and how? 
Maybe one of the things I mentioned spoke to you. Maybe it didn't. If you're serious about wanting to start a YouTube channel, I would encourage you to think intentionally about this. And once you find something that you connect with, try to brainstorm 50 ideas for videos. I know that sounds like a lot, but if you can do this, you know you can stick to a topic for basically a year of weekly videos. If you can post consistently in a specific niche or for a specific target audience for 50 weeks straight, I guarantee you, you will start to gain an audience. The second objection or fear that I hear a lot about starting a YouTube channel is number two, I don't have the right gear. This is one of the most common reasons, or if I'm being harsh slash honest, excuses that potential creators have for not starting their channels. When I started my YouTube channel, I used a pink Kodak brand point and shoot that I saved up babysitting money for and purchased to take with me on my first ever overnight school trip in grade seven. It shot in 4.3. For the uninitiated to aspect ratios, that means I was shooting almost square footage, like the kind that used to play on old tube TVs. Okay, that's just to give you a sense of the timeline here. When I started on YouTube, you did need a camera. But you know what's been invented since I started on YouTube? This little thing called a smartphone. I can almost guarantee if you're listening to this right now, then you've got a little computer inside your pocket, or more likely it's the device that you're actually listening to this on that has a camera that is 10 times the quality of the camera that I started my channel with. Not only that, but it comes with the capability to download software for editing that footage and a connection to the internet so you can upload the video. That means that you have the computer, the editing software, and the camera all rolled into one. The barrier to entry is lower now than it ever has been for making content on YouTube. I know it can feel overwhelming and intimidating to start shooting on your phone when you see YouTubers out there creating 4K videos with their red cinema cameras, but trust me, people are not watching for that. That is a cherry on top of already interesting and useful content. If the past couple years on YouTube has taught us anything, it's that teenagers with a sense of humor and an iPhone can become huge with just a few sort of poorly edited videos. It's all about content and personality, and I know that you have something interesting to say, see point one on this list, and you have an interesting personality. I just know you do. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you were boring. <laughs> You'd be scrolling through some basic WikiHow article on filming a YouTube video right now if you were. So seriously, I'm not going to spend much time on this point because all I need to say to you is this. Start filming on your phone. Sit in front of a window on a cloudy day to get beautiful natural lighting. Film horizontal. Speak clearly and be close to your phone so the audio is the best quality it can be. And there you have it. You have a YouTube setup and it's all packed into just the phone you already have. I'm so excited to announce something that is currently exclusive just to the Creator Club. That's right. I'm telling my podcast listeners first because y'all are the true insiders, okay? The exciting news, Creatorly is hosting our first ever live workshop. We're hosting Back to Social, your go-to content batching workshop for getting your fall content plan in place. Join us on Saturday, September 11th for a one-hour workshop and a follow-up 30-minute Q&A. We know the back to school productivity vibes are strong in September, so we're going to take advantage of that motivation and run with it. In this workshop, we're spilling all of our best Instagram strategy secrets and sharing our go-to template for content planning. We're going to create our content plans together live, so I'll be with you step-by-step step as we all plan out our content for the fall. 
Plus, we're throwing in some Canva templates and an in-depth live tutorial of how we use later to schedule all of our Instagram content, including reels. Trust me, you won't want to miss this. I'm going to keep sharing more details each week on the podcast as we get closer to the workshop. But for now, if you want to secure your spot, then join the waitlist at creatorlymedia.com slash workshop. That's creatorlymedia.com slash workshop. And you will be notified when registration goes live so you can make sure to snag your spot. I am so excited to be hosting the back to social workshop so we can all plan our fall content strategy together. So make sure that you sign up at creatorlymedia.com slash workshop, and I will see you there. Number three, I don't like seeing myself on camera. Almost anyone who starts making videos of themselves talking on camera will relate to this point at some point or another. If I'm honest with you, I can't really because I was and maybe still am a shockingly confident little kid who loved to pose in front of the mirror and pretend she had her own cooking show while baking cookies in her mom's kitchen. Okay, that was me. I lived for the performance. I was dramatic to the point of annoyance. I openly called myself awesome to anyone who would listen. Okay, that's like my catchphrase when I was 11. So when I saw myself on camera, all I felt was this is where I'm supposed to be. But don't worry, most people do not feel this way because most people are sane, unlike me. If you scroll back to any YouTuber's early videos, you will very quickly get a sense that they once felt exactly the same way that you did. Camera shy, awkward, not sure what to say to this lens that is staring deeply into their soul. My advice for you is this, and it's not easy, it's not a quick fix, but I can tell you this, it does work. And that is to practice. The only way you can get used to it and start acting like you actually like seeing yourself on camera is by doing it a lot. And I mean a lot. Like remember those 50 videos we talked about before? I would estimate that when you hit 25, you're going to start feeling like it's natural. But it could take longer. If you want to speed up the process, here's what I would suggest. Start sending more Snapchat videos to your friends. Instead of typing out the latest gossip over a photo of your face looking, let's face it, a little crazed, (laughs) instead record a clip of you talking about it. Create some Instagram story videos where you talk. You don't have to feel intimidated about this one because statistically only about 10% of people will watch it with the audio turned on. So that's a really great piece of advice for those of you that don't love hearing the sound of your own voice. Don't worry about it. Nobody else is hearing it. Make sure you add captions, of course, and this will help you get used to talking on camera. Trust me. And lastly, just literally talk to yourself in the mirror. I know it sounds crazy, but this is literally the technique that I used to become more confident posing in pictures. I used to be kind of awkward in photos, though, you know, referencing my previous story, I can't really say that I never enjoyed having my photo taken. Remember being that crazy little kid? Yes, I always loved being on camera, but... After lots of America's Next Top Model, I started trying out these poses in front of the mirror. Remember that one where you kind of put your hands on your hips and then like lean way forward like a fallen over ragdoll? Very artsy and surprisingly flattering. Yeah, that's one of the main ones that I would practice in the mirror. So it just goes to show that you can get more comfortable doing something just through repetition. Because after all my practicing in the mirror, I kind of ended up starting a fashion blog that I ran throughout high school and into my early years of university. 
I got my then boyfriend, now husband, to take photos of my outfits multiple times a week. And through this practice and just exposure to the act, I became confident posing for photos. And now my friends know me as the person who switches up poses every time the shutter clicks to optimize the pose options I have for Instagram, y'all. All of this is to say, you're going to feel awkward on camera at first, whether it's posing or talking. This is very normal. Everybody goes through it. But with practice and exposure, you will become a quote unquote natural. Number four, the fourth concern that I hear all the time about not starting a YouTube channel is I don't have enough time for editing. Ah, yes, the classic not enough time excuse. We never have enough time for that thing that's important for us to do, but deep down, we're actually a little scared or unwilling to try it. Like, for example, I don't have enough time to call the dentist, but I've watched the entire season of Dairy Girls on Netflix in the past 72 hours. Come on, don't act like you can't relate to that. But seriously, I do understand that YouTube is a time commitment and definitely more so than other social platforms. The base requirement for YouTube is to produce and edit and upload a video. This can take multiple hours. Well, the average Instagram photo may only take a few minutes to create. So look, I get it. YouTube is a time commitment. But why don't we go into another personal story time? Let me tell you about my life in university. There's only been one time in my life before I became a full-time YouTuber where I posted consistently and frequently to YouTube for an extended period of time. So we're talking back when this was a side hustle, it was a hobby. I only had one streak where I really kept it up. And it was in my third year of university from January to April of 2017. And for those four months, I posted videos five times a week. I think I missed a day maybe once. Now, that probably sounds just wild to 2021 years, but back in 2017, daily vlogging was a lot more common. Like, think Casey Neistat was in, like, the height of popularity in, like, late 2016. So that's kind of the space that we were at, and that's what I was really trying to go after because Newsflash, I've always loved vlogging. So I was doing it then, and, yeah, I posted a video every single weekday, which honestly even now sounds unthinkable to me because now I post once a week and it keeps me going to do that. I mean, I do more than just YouTube. But anyway, the point is during that time, I was taking six courses, which in my program was one more than a full course load. I was a residence assistant, so I couldn't really leave the residence building three nights a week and most weekends because I was taking care of, well, first-year students. And I was beginning to build the early foundations of my freelance business and applying to the Adobe Creative Residency and the small YouTuber panel at VidCon, neither of which I ended up getting, but you know, you got to put yourself out there. I was hustling back then. I was trying everything. This was probably one of my busiest school terms ever, but it was also the time that I made the most videos. It seems kind of contradictory, doesn't it? But actually... The busyness showed me the value of time and also taught me that if I wanted to do what I love, I would need to make time for it. I couldn't just find time for it. I had to make the time for it. During that school term, I would either stay up till one or get up at six or sometimes both in order to edit and upload my videos on time. 
Now, I know everyone has a different capacity for busyness and mental health always comes first. I would never push anyone to take on more than they can physically or emotionally handle and work-life balance is really important. I don't want to like feed into hustle culture, but what I do want to do is encourage you to consider how you really spend your current time. We all like to think that we're busy, but almost all of us could fit in another hobby if we were really passionate about it. And the thing about YouTube is it's not about hustling and, you know, trying to be quote unquote productive. It's about, this is something that can bring you joy. If this is something that you love to do, then working on your creative work can be a part of self-care if it's something that you truly enjoy. If getting in your hour of Netflix a night is a non-negotiable, then that's fine. I'm not going to tell you to stop doing that because Lord knows I've rewatched Outlander enough times, okay? I like watching TV too. But where else can you find this time? Almost all of us are guilty of spending hours scrolling on Instagram. Check your screen time usage. If it's more than an hour, then know that it takes me about an hour to two hours to edit one of my YouTube videos. So you could maybe fit it in your Instagram time. Time is the most important resource we have. It will always be limited. I just want you to make sure that you're using it in a way that makes you happy and satisfied creatively and doesn't leave you always asking, what if I'd tried? If you need any more convincing, know that in life, we're pretty much always just getting busier. And the sooner you start, the easier growth on YouTube will be because unfortunately it does get harder every day. And I don't want that to be something that discourages you, but rather motivates you to get started. Was the best time to start on YouTube in, you know, 2012 or whatever? Sure. But even back then, we some of us were feeling like we were starting too late. But the second best time is today. So just get started and time will be on your side as long as you don't keep procrastinating. The fifth thing that I hear and probably the most universal fear that we have when starting a YouTube channel or really probably any new creative venture is what will people say? A lot, a lot of people that I've talked to have confided in me that they're afraid of what their peers and acquaintances in real life will think of them if they start a YouTube channel. This one out of all the fears cuts deepest into our deep-seated fears in our life about love and acceptance. Of course, we want people to like us. It's a basic trait of evolutionary human survival. Historically, for human beings, being accepted by the group was a matter of life and death. Dramatic, I know, uh, but true. So, of course, we would be left with some of those fears as well. But here's the thing about starting a YouTube channel in 2021, or ever. It is not a matter of life and death. I know, that's great, right? Very encouraging. The people who love and support you in life are not gonna stop just because you started making videos for the internet. And if they do, then they really weren't worth your time to begin with, if they're willing to push you curbside for doing something that you love. As for the others, the people that are not so close to you, those Facebook friends still lingering from high school, the aunt who thinks everything on the internet is fake, random professional acquaintances, why does their opinion of you even matter? I know it's easier said than done, but seriously, just stop caring what they think. They are not paying your bills or making your art, and they are certainly not going to make your dreams come true for you. And the real truth is, these peripheral people in your life, they barely even notice what you're up to. They, as we all are, are too absorbed in the minutia of their own daily lives to care whether or not you start a YouTube channel. 
I know it might sound harsh, but honestly, they probably do not care. They probably do not notice. So then why on earth would you spend even a second caring about what they think of you? Really, it is just not worth it. It is not worth giving up your dreams for. Here's the real tea. When you start your YouTube channel, and yes, I've already decided in my head that you're going to do it. You've been thinking about it, and I know that you're ready. (laughs) 90% of the people that you know in real life will not even notice that you have done this, that you've started a channel, let alone have time to think negative thoughts about it. The other 10% will more than likely be supportive and want to see you succeed in your new creative venture. The 90% will eventually come around and start to notice once you're famous and they're wishing they had started following your journey sooner. So really, please do not let this be the reason that you don't start your YouTube channel. What other people think of you should not define how you get to pursue your creative passions and live your life. Like I said, time is our most valuable and scarce resource in this life. So do not spend yours being controlled by the vague notion of what other people might think. If you are still listening to this episode, then I'm just going to come out and say it. You need to start your YouTube channel now. Seriously, the fact that you haven't paused or closed the podcast app by now and are still giving my ramblings a time of day means something. If you were waiting for a sign, this is it, my friend. Clearly, this YouTube thing means something to you. And if you're willing to listen to this whole podcast episode about it, then that's definitely the case. And I really want for you to chase this dream and make it happen. And I tell you that coming from a place where YouTube has already allowed me to live my dreams out in ways I never thought was possible. And I'm still on that upward climb, girl. If you're serious about this, I would love to hear from you. Please do reach out over at Creatorly Media or to me on Instagram so we can chat about YouTube. And if you are looking for support on your journey, whether it's with your YouTube strategy or help with editing, we'd love to help you with that over at Creatorly Media. So just reach on out over DM and we can chat. I just want to take a minute to wish you all the best on your journey on YouTube or whatever creative platform you choose to pursue know that it takes time. It can be discouraging, but it can also be the most fulfilling work that you can do. So I can't wait to see you finally start your YouTube channel and grow. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.